Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. Today I'm sitting down with Tim Duggar, man. We're talking NASCAR, Touch Tunes, Merle Haggard at the Ryman, 8,791 songs played via an app, dude. We're talking about brand new music. Marijuana coming out just around the corner. You know what? Enough chat. Let's get to know Tim Duggar. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. I believe we've done this once before, haven't we? Or yeah, have we, we did not? it on Zoom, I think. Hey, we did it yeah. on Zoom. That is right. So you've never been in here your no. first time. Would you welcome to the Toad's Tunes studio, man? This is cool. I forgot about it. I know that we sat before, but I forgot it was via Zoom. This has almost like that 70s show's basement vibe when they're all sitting in the circle, you know? Yep. <laughs> it's kind of a neat, it's a, it's a, uh, I like it. It's a dead room, which is cool. There's like nothing bounces off here. There's no crazy echoes. It's comfortable. The only thing is it gets a little warm in here sometimes. That's about it. Yeah, it's cool. I it's like a it. neat room. I dig it. Dude, welcome back to Vegas. Um, so you played here last year. I said, we, we were talking earlier that it was a year to date. Yeah. Pretty much like this week you were here last year. You nailed it. Kind of freaking cool. Ironic. Definitely ironic. I yeah, think was, in a good way. I, I was, yeah, that was a fun night. But I'm, I'm pretty pumped about tonight having the band and getting a, getting a throw down. I'm, that's that's right I'm, because I'm the happy, last one yeah. was acoustic. You yeah, were out yeah. here with Ruthie Collins, American um, Young, American uh, Young, and Chancey Williams, and Fillmore. Yeah, and Fillmore. That's right. We did two different ones. That, yeah. that was totally right. Yeah, I got a little. I went over to the bar after the show. I, I hung around a little bit. As you should. That's yeah, what you're supposed to do good. at Stoney's, man. So you're in town. Um, You've got some ties to NASCAR that are pretty freaking cool, man. I want to go back, and you started out, the story I heard, you kind of just started playing at tailgates and stuff like that. Let's start there. Like, yeah. How does how does that all, are you just a NASCAR fan that liked music, and you just go out there and start playing with your friends? So I had, I started playing, I mean, I started out in church, of course, like a lot of people do, but I had a band when I was in high school. We were, we were playing VFWs, American Legions, and so probably 17 is when I started playing clubs. Um, but Talladega is about 40 minutes from where I'm from. So the races would come to town. I'd go over and bring a little speaker, set up in the free camping and play. Um, and after a race one year, a friend of mine gave a CD to a friend of Richard Childress's, okay. NASCAR team owner, owned Del Earnhardt's car. I, 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 grew up, I grew up a Del Earnhardt fan. So that was, he's like, I'm, I'm going to let Richard hear this CD. I think he'll like it. And I'll be dang if two weeks later I was in North Carolina eating lunch with Richard Childress. He liked the music. Um, his son-in-law, Mike Dillon, and his grandson, Austin Dillon. We just kind of all kind of hit it off and became friends. And he called um, he called Atlanta Motor Speedway in Talladega and got me booked. So I started opening up the infield shows at Talladega. How, and that was... How many years did you play, would you say, out in the parking lot sort I, of thing? Oh, I did. I would do the parking lot. I probably did that three or four years because most of the time I was playing like clubs. Uh, but if I was off, I'd go over there and play. Just kind of set up a speaker and play for, you know, 20, 25 drunk people standing around. And people would walk by and they would just hang out for yeah, a few? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, I always, you know, grew up a racing fan, but um, I was commuting back and forth. Uh, to Nashville and writing and recording and, you know, making little demos and stuff. And I was trying to think of a way. 
I, I never wanted to to like move to Nashville and play Broadway and and because I was just I was always advised not to do that. You got to kind of do, you know, make something in your. If you can't make it in Roanoke, Alabama, and play in bands and play clubs and pack them in, you're not. Why go to Nashville if you can't do that? You right. Know? Um, That's kind of two different career paths if you think about it. Doing the Broadway thing versus. Yeah, I mean, I I would go down there and play a little bit and set in with guys, but my parents just always they always was like, I don't, we don't want you to move up there and you know just. I think they thought I'd get kind of stuck in the party, sure. And a lot of people do, and you know what? There's some great musicians, and a lot of people, you know, you know, there's there's been a lot of people get record deals from down there, but I just was like, I want to play and kind of find my own way right. into into this. And when I started playing the races, I was just seeing. I knew Mike Curb would come to races. I knew, you know, there was all the, you know, kind of music ties to it. Uh, and I was like, you know what? If I if I can build something up through here, who knows? I might can that might could be my door, right? To 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 get to Nashville. It's definitely a different niche if you yeah. think about it. I don't think I've really heard anybody that's taken that approach. before. Yeah, it was, uh, and it, it was genuine because I was I was a, a race fan, fan. right? Uh, knew nobody nobody in the sport, so that snowballed. I, I went from playing for twenty people out by the truck to 10,000 people in the infield. Um, and that got me comfortable, like, you know, playing for big crowds. And, sure. Um, I kind of snowballed in. I was playing Daytona, Daytona 500 weekend. Mike Curb was there, and he ended up getting a CD from Mike Dillon, uh, Richard's uh, son-in-law. The so. original one? Yeah. Or a different CD? It was the original. Because I, I, I had... That's Where's all that I thing have. at right now is what I want oh, to know. Man, Who's got it on their wall? <laughs> it's uh, it was called Getting There. And it was like t- 10 or 12 songs that I'd, I'd wrote. Um, so when I met Mike Curb, he invited me out probably a month later. We had no talks of any record deal. But right. he's like, um, will you come sing at this event at the Ronald Reagan Library in California? No. So, so I was like, sure. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd ever been to California then. So... Flew out and um, I had three songs I was going to do. I mean, it's this event, it's uh, the Reagan Centennial and Air Force One sitting there. And I was like, okay, this is probably my showcase because Mike and Linda, his wife was there and his mom was there. And um, they asked me about five minutes before the event start to sing the national anthem. And by the third line of that, so can you see? I was like, well, I'm screwed because this is terrible. I didn't mess up the words, but I'm just like, oh my God, why? That's this something song? you definitely got to yeah. like practice. They for, threw right? it at me, and I'm like, well, I can't say no. I got to do it. You know, the Gipper's here, Ronald Reagan. I got to do it. Um, so, but I ended up all working out. I, I played like three or four songs, and about a month later, he called. Um, and asked me uh, to sign with Curb Records, and and just I like was, that, yeah, I was um, really looking back. I was I was still real green. Um, I w- I could play. I was playing covers. I was playing bars and playing the songs that you know got the dance floor going. Right. Uh, I knew. I didn't know who I was musically yet. Um, so it was. It's good to have a label that kind of lets you develop and gives you time to do that. And that's what. Uh, that's what I needed a little bit of that. How long ago was that? That was 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Have you figured yourself out yet? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I, you know, I was I was figured out, and then COVID happened. Uh, what, but it was, I, what was I, that? Once I got to Curb, I, I just started writing and networking, and uh, I, I made a— Did you move to Nashville at that yeah, point? Yeah, okay. I moved to Nashville. In 2015, I, um, I put out an EP 
uh, I recorded with Keith Stegall, which is one of my heroes, Alan Jackson's longtime producer. And, um, but I was, I was like working with Keith. I was like, uh, it's got to be an Alan Jackson sounding record, you know. It has to have the right. the uh, the you know the telly, the Brent Mason guitars, and so still then I, I was you know, and then still not you and and bro country had broke through then, uh, and that wasn't me. Uh, so I, I was like, well, I can't, I don't want to chase that. Um, I would love to see you rap just once. <laughs> I, I I'm actually going to rap tonight. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's I, I I can actually do it. Uh, and, and a very southern twang. <laughs> Y'all uh, come back now. Yeah. Here. <laughs> That's uh, not rapping. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'll probably be crapping tonight, not rapping. But, uh, but yeah. Country rap. Dude, yeah. that's a freaking t shirt right yeah. there if you think about it. Country rap, crapping. <laughs> yeah, I'm just crapping, man. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been nice to, uh, to, to be able to, you know, I found my producer, met my producer and a co write, and we just like, it, it was off. not none of these forced relationships sure. and political. You should work with this guy or that guy, and um, that's when it really kind of started clicking. Because um, you know, and country music started coming back, and uh, it, it's, it, it was. I was proud to be, you know, country. Yeah. You know what's funny is I had uh, uh, Jake Worthington just came through here. He's country. Oh, um, I like to say this: if I owned Urban Dictionary, I would make sure that if someone typed in country af that his picture would just pop up there because I, I don't think there's anyone more country than that dude i mean to me like he is he is as down south country as to me as one could get like yeah, i had i sat with him here and i'm just like looking at him like he's yes sir no sir like just really polite yeah, he's pretty pretty quiet i think and quiet yeah. but you know he it was funny we talked we get the interview done and then the mic goes off and he's a totally different person like in a great way. Like he just he opened really? up a little bit more. Yeah. First time I met him, I, I was drunk, got kicked out of a bar in Nashville. <laughs> There's another song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. I think he's a hell of a singer. I love, I love what he does. He, he's he's a good one. Um, don't think twice is one of his songs, and I listened to it, and then after sitting with him, I'm I'm trying to think of what the hell's going through his head because it just doesn't seem like something he would do like write or anything just my conversation versus listening to that song i'm just like man that's just badass it just yeah. goes back to i guess finding yourself in that sense of yeah i think i mean i, I guess guys i mean everybody does a little different I, i've really everything i write is is usually 90 percent i've i've lived or done sure. or want to do well you got to um, be relatable to yeah, it to i actually... want to i want somebody to hear it and know it's me you right know, that's why i mean we we talked about the bars and and stuff when oh yeah let's talk about yeah, that bar yeah. you went to last night so, great bar great bar so ba you're Badlands <laughs> Badlands you're uh, I don't even know what Todd is to you your friend manager guy from Curb whatever I got a text message from him last night and it just hit me up with some dive bars that have touch tunes in it and I like I thought of a couple here but definitely not one that you showed up to I never even heard of that when you said the name of it I thought it was uh, uh, a golf course cuz there is a golf course here named Badlands but you guys had a good time there which oh, is yeah, cool great bar um, <laughs> I just I just literally what I would want I just want the video just so I could have that yeah. sign that was in there <laughs> Yeah well the sign worked in there it was great. Yeah did it, <laughs> it was a How many people were in there I don't know. I didn't look around too much. Didn't the crowd. <laughs> but I would say probably, I, what, 20 people? It was, it was good. That's you know, cool. It's, right uh, on. Yeah, so it, we're beating around the bush. I, I thought this was a dive bar. It was a gay bar, and it was it was a cool bar. It was, yeah. uh, uh, I go to Key West a lot. There's 
every bar down there is gay. So yeah. I felt right at home in there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I think I liked I liked what you said about the bartender was the greatest when he he knew that you guys weren't gay and said, "Where are you guys going later?" And your response was, "One of us is." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's now, well, I'm like, "One of us is." Can you tell me who? And uh, luckily, he didn't pick me or Todd. But, I mean, who knows? You know. So I, great, so great. So how long are you in town? This, this, I, this you know trip? how people say they have, can have gay dar, dude. It's maybe a thing. he has straight R. Straight R. He knew. So one of my really good <laughs> friends, his name is Daniel. Um, I, I would, I would have never known. Like I don't, I, I could give two shits yeah, either, man, either way. But he's just him and I. We do car stuff together. We go to like car shows, and he's just a good dude. But um, it, half the time, I think. I don't know. I I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter to I me. Don't it's a, either. Their personal preference that they do behind as long closed as you're doors. Not an asshole. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's my rules. Dude, <laughs> yeah. you saw the sign I have in front of the green room, right? I do. I love it. it. Yeah, I got I one it. rule: don't be a dick. That's yeah, it. And that's I think it, it. And it and all encompassing. Funny story about that. You saw the hole in the wall. That's right next to the the green room, right uh-huh. next to the sign. Someone punched it. Well, that band. Well, the last time they were here was 2017. Well, we never fixed it. 2019, 2017. Oh, I was either 17. I think it was 19. 2019. Well, they just came back and played her like three weeks ago. He's like, dude, you didn't fix a hole in the wall. I'm Why like, do you do that? Uh, his drummer found out, I believe, that his girlfriend was cheating on him. So it was just out of anger. He just punched the wall. They oh. gave us 100 bucks to fix it. We never fixed it. We just put the sign there in an arrow that says, don't be this guy. But that guy's not in his band anymore. So when we came back, we just had this kind of like bro moment right in front of the door. He's like, why didn't you ever fix it? I'm like, because this is a great fucking story. Why would you ever? I'm like, if we ever move here, I'm cutting this wall out and I'm taking that with me and putting it right in front of the green room wherever we end up sort yeah. of thing. Like, things got history. Had that. It's been, I'm so blessed. I, I, of course, when I first started out, I had... There was always a little bit of band drama, but I, I've kind of dodged that bullet over yeah. the years. I my guy, my band pre-COVID, I had the same band for like seven, eight years. Where did the, um, are they still with? You're not I with rebuilt you. my whole band. Gotcha. You know, COVID was so weird, and um, it was actually a good change for everybody. Yep. Um, so yeah, I after COVID, I um, did auditions and, and and found you again. Yep, that's right. Found These guys again. been with you ever since. Yep, good, right, good. They tour with you a lot. Yep. Um, how long are you in, in Vegas for this trip? Either Monday morning or Sunday night. After last night and what I'm going to do tonight after the show, I'm probably going to be ready to go home in the morning, but I'm going right. to I'm gonna wait it out. You're going to wait it yeah, out? Yeah, i go hard when I'm here. How about how about when you go? You, I'm assuming you're going to the races tomorrow. You know, I pr- I'm on the fence. Sometimes I like to, you know, just hang right. around and watch it on TV. There you go. Yeah. So and you can bet on it here. And- you can. You know what's funny about you, you, you say that? UFC is here a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there's a fight here tomorrow night. Uh, I believe it's at T-Mobile. Yeah. yeah, John Jones is coming back. But um, in Vegas, probably like you guys in Nashville, you have opportunities to go to things. Um, I have those opportunities here, but I don't ever go. I would rather sit on my couch and just be able to look over at my friends and go, can you shut up so I can hear what he's saying? Yeah. You know, and you go to those fights anyway, unless you're like Dana White and you're sitting in the front row, you're looking up at a TV anyway. Yeah. So I don't see the difference. I thought about, uh, I, I don't know, I, I end up just like liking to hang out at the casino, but... Um, Jimmy Buffett's in town Is he? tomorrow night, and I really was. I, I can get on some Jimmy Buffett. That's it's a vibe. Do so you know I, him? No, I don't. Uh, but I, I love his music. I mean, I like his kind of how can kind of deep cuts. I would say that anybody that doesn't like Jimmy Buffett probably isn't human. Probably isn't good. Yeah, good not a good human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably, probably a not dick. a good hang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody likes that. So you get done here. Where are you off to next? Uh, we're so we're doing a lot of ra- radio touring. Uh, so we're in. I'll go home. Then we're in Texas. Uh, you know, visit. He going radio. with you? Yeah, it'd be with Todd. 
So just you and you and it's like four cities a day sort of thing like that kind of crap. Yes, I mean yes, we don't we don't we take it easy. Yeah. We we, tr- we try to hang out and have a little fun. Uh, so we'll hit maybe like you know two three stations a day, right? And usually stay the night. But sometimes I mean sometimes you're flying in, hitting something, Going. driving, flying to another city yeah. that night. Uh, it's it was crazy. I two weeks ago I. Woke up looking at the Pacific Ocean. The next day, I woke up looking at the Atlantic. So it was uh, been so pretty wild. When to help people out, when you guys go on radio tours, explain explain what the process is of that. You go in, introduce it's, yourself yeah. to the station. It looks so fun on paper, but it is it's time it is, consuming it is and a lot, a lot of hard work. Uh, you, so you pretty much are trying to introduce yourself. Uh, and your music t- to radio. Uh, so you go in, You sometimes you'll play three or four songs acoustically. I don't like to bring guys with me. I like it just to be me and a guitar. I feel like if you need power and need to plug in something to play your song, you're you're doing something wrong. wrong you need business. a computer or yeah. anything. So, so I like to go in just me and my guitar and, and play. Then sometimes you go to dinner or you'll, you know, go have lunch or, um, yeah, and then you're off doing it. Uh, at the next station, or um, so it's 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 a cool it's cool because you get to hang and and you know hopefully these you know you want these people to believe in your music enough to play it right. Um, so the more I think they can get to know you, the more you can you know. It's so hard if you have a little window and playing four songs. So you're trying to get it out and, and but want it to uh, want them to 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 meet you in a legit way and not just uh, hey how are you you know you're trying to. Trying to relate. And it just seems like the, the the time that you have. I've been to a few of those when artists have come through town and I've cruised over the radio station. It's been a while, but it's like you go there and you watch it and it's like they just grab people from the office to be in there. Yeah. And maybe people some fans sort of their thing. Phones yeah. And... Yeah. It's got to be tough. I don't, I mean, I've, there's been a couple that have come through here that I've watched that have done some radio stuff. It's a tough business, yeah. man. I don't, I don't envy that traveling that you I get. have my, I have my, like the songs that I'll do in a radio tour meeting is, different than what i would do tonight right uh i have a song that i usually kick off with that i because you want to get their attention you don't want nobody scrolling on your phone right. or you know larry from the well, you know <laughs> it the, the, yeah it's in there and he don't <laughs> he don't even like music at all right. uh i and the lyrics the first lyrics are last time i jaeger bombed i hit on billy's mama and that usually makes them yeah up. you usually get some attention there They're like same yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my name's Billy. My name's Billy. You have a uh, new music coming. I know that, that you've got um, what is it? The bar song. Buy a bar. Buy a bar. Um, what's what's next? You guys We're, work? Is that kind of what you're working the radio right now? Or? Yeah, buy a bar is the single. We um, video's coming pretty soon. I shot the video outside of Daytona uh, at a little beach bar. Uh, okay. And uh, I actually finishing up a record. I'm I'm going back in the studio in April. Um, and got about four or five more songs to cut. We've got seven or eight done. So going to have a whole record. Um, going to release the whole thing? Yeah. Vinyl? I don't know. I'm not a big vinyl person, but maybe. To fire him. Yeah. I'm not a big, like, I'm I'm like, if it can be played on here, why would You're I want to do all that? Yeah. Right. That's funny. Yeah. There will be. I want vinyl. Okay, I'm just your a, vinyl. To, to, like my house is. I bought Hardy's new album on vinyl. Just I'm that guy. But I'm also the dude that when I travel to a new city, there's two things I seek out: record store, pizza shop. I think they're cool, like at flea markets and stuff. To like yeah, go absolutely. Through, go through. Yeah. My, I guess my thing why I'm not more into vinyl is I have a record player and all, but it's 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 ugly. 
You know what I mean? Like my record player is not one of the cool looking ones, or it's like just an ugly. Box. Your wife gonna listen to this because maybe and she my, should buy you a new record player. Well, she she <laughs> thinks it's the record player is ugly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, buy a new yeah, one. Yeah. So I that's the what kind of got where I because I got into them for a while. Love the the pops. I the, love the scratch and pop. Uh, but Dude. I also I don't. It would you know I like li- listening to classic country music or maybe some old like. Soft rock and stuff on vinyl. I wouldn't know, like you know, like putting on a Hardy record. If how that would, would it sounds sound. fine. Yeah, sounds fine. I mean, I go back. I mean, I listen to Fleetwood Mac on a regular basis, um, but I also listen to new stuff on there. I mean, I like the new Hardy album on there. I mean, it just it's not as grungy as you would assume yeah. it would be. Like when you go back to the older stuff. But I mean, that's the kind of I love listening to. Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers on vinyl. I have a lot at home, a it, lot of vinyl. Here's a question for you, because I, I asked this, and this is, I, if you were going to play a song on the jukebox, yeah, what's your go-to first song? First you're song. You're in a bar, drinking, I'm going to go walk over that jukebox, I'm going to play a song. What, what are you going to play? Um, in a bar, I'm going to play Ted Nugent Stranglehold. Okay, cool. What about you? I'm playing the band Atlantic City. That's my, that's my first play every time. I remember that band, the band, but I don't yeah. remember that song. Yeah. I bet if I heard it, I could. Yeah, oh yeah, you, you would hear it. I'm going to have some fun with you. The guys of After Midtown came in here, and they asked me this question, and I answered it really fast, so no pressure. Um, and that's how they found out I was really a fan of music. If you could go back and listen to one album for the first time all over again and have that same feeling you had, what album would that be? Uh, the first c- cassette that my grandma ever bought me. It was a lot about living, a little about love. That was that wow. would be it. I know the tracks like the back of my hand. I know like that was that's the t- I only had like I had a you know my parents had a lot of cassettes, but that was mine. Right, so I wore it out. It was um that one. I didn't even know what Chattahoochee was until uh, I got the cassette. Alan Jackson sitting on a Harley, and I was like, my dad rides Harleys. He's this dude looks cool. I was like five or six. I wanted it. Right, and uh, my grandma bought it for me. That's freaking cool. That'd be it. I ain't mad at that. That's kind of, it's, it's not bad at I thought all. thought you were going to say concert. like. No, I um, mean, so let's have some fun. What was the first CD you ever bought? Man, I was, you, you won't believe this. I had a PlayStation, and I took it back. I got it for my birthday, right? I took the PlayStation to Walmart. I didn't want it, and I traded that. What were they? Hundred, two hundred dollars. One ninety nine. Traded, yeah. traded that PlayStation in for CDs, and I bought like two hundred dollars worth of CDs. Wow! So I, I wanted CDs instead of, uh, and up till I mean, really, up till probably the two thousand thirteen, fourteen. I would, if a record came out, I went and bought it. Like I wanted to hear, hear what was you know the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I wish more people did that. You know, I, I kind of freak out a lot. My first album, I mean, CD I ever bought was Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. And I actually walked my ass all the way to, to Kmart and bought it with my own money. And, and um, I wish I still had it. I have it digital because I love that album. I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. But it was one of those move, movements in my life yeah. where I was like, my own money, I bought my first CD. I never thought about, like, later on in life if I was ever going to remember that. But I'll yeah. never forget it. You do because you love it. I yeah. mean, uh uh, probably one of my coolest music stories. Um, I was playing the back room of Tootsie's. Okay. The second floor. Um, Merle Haggard was playing the Ryman. S- some of his guys came in. Tootsie's was pretty dead that day. I'm just up there acoustic, 
kid. I was still in my teens playing, uh, and of course I started playing Merle Haggard music. I was playing a lot of classics, and uh, one of his, I think it was his one of his guys came in and he, he was talking to me, and he goes, "You going to the show tonight?" I'm like, "No, I mean it's sold out." Merle Haggard at the Ryman. He goes, "Wait right here." So my parents were with You're me. You're like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm playing. He, he, <laughs> he, uh, he came and gave me one ticket. He said, this is all I got. My parents waited at Tootsie's. I went in the Ryman by myself, went and sat in the balcony and watched Merle Haggard. How badass was that? Was badass. Got to meet him afterwards. And that was the first time um, like the hair ever stood up on my arms listening to music. You know what right. I mean? Like, it, I guess the... Because as a little older, the lyrics started meaning a lot more. Right. You know, uh, but that I will never forget that. As you feeling. shouldn't. When you do, you need to quit music. Yeah, exactly. That's fair enough, right? Yeah. We you, have a deal. If you forget, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we're all fans first. So, I mean, I love music. I mean, that's why I like, you know, finding bars with jukeboxes. Right. If bar ain't got a jukebox, I'm out. That's so funny because I've never, ever, I don't hang out in bars. I don't drink. Um, if I gamble, I usually go to a, uh, a local casino. Mm-hmm. You really don't have that. Um, I play poker with my friends. I put an AirPod in and I listen to my music. Like, what are you on TV? And I'm like, no, this is just relaxing for me. And let me just take your money, sort of thing. I you like know? to be in control of the music. That's like, a, that's we're a neat on a thing. Boat or whatever. Like, I want to be in control. I don't like to be at somebody's party when they're controlling the music. That's fucked up, dude. I'm, I, it, it bothers me. You I will to... let it go. But I have one of my really good buddies. He's the same way. So when we're together, oh, it's a mess. Oh, it's bad. Who spends more money on that on that on that tunes program? Oh uh, well, this is. How, <laughs> let, let, let me break it down for you. Um, so this this tracks every time you've checked into a bar. Um, let's see. The Touch to, Tunes app. Yep. Oh my goodness. So I've been in nine hundred and twenty nine places. Right. With touch tunes. With touch tunes. I've played 8,791 songs. So what you're saying is you should be a DJ, not a singer. Let's just say (laughs) this. My wife hates this app. I spend too much money on it. My my jukebox will be more than my bar tab sometimes. And I'll get drunk and, oh, it's seven credits to skip. I'm skipping. How much is a credit? You just, like, spend 20 bucks, and I think you get, like, 20 credits. Um, wow. And it costs two credits to play a song, three credits to skip. Sometimes if it's a queue, it might cost you five credits to skip. So as your new manager, what I would do is probably go get a deal with Touch Tunes where they sponsor you. Well, they, um, <laughs> so the I had a song, uh, I have a song, Home Away From Home. First lyrics is Touch Tunes, Jukebox, Fires Up at Five O'Clock. The day it came out, Touch Tunes was running this on, on their screens. Right. It was COVID though, so nobody was in the bars. It's just showing me in a, on the jukebox in an empty bar. So. Well played, yeah, touch tunes. Yeah. Well so played. Good, but yeah. I think that that'd probably be something to chase down. What a well, yeah. I mean, I would understand that. Why didn't you pay rent this month? Oh, because my yeah, touch tunes. Man, I, I want to hear <laughs> Alan Jackson, man. Dude, you have a go to every time you go in. That's like, like Atlantic City is my first you, play. Every single time you mm-hmm. go into that place, any place like that. Yeah. So, so you've you, or if um, if I feel like they're assholes. When I leave, I'll play like 10 Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas songs. What a dick. Yeah. Kill their vibe right off the bat. But I will, I'm will. i a vibe killer. I will go on a bar, and they're like rocking the Motley Crue or something. Here I go, George Jones, you know, sad. Deal with it. Yeah. And I'm like, one night we had a, 
a sad country song off in a bar. Right. And 2 a.m. drinking, you don't want to hear Go Rest High on that mountain. No. In a bar. <laughs> what are we doing ourselves? Like, that's pretty funny. I never even thought about that. I mean, that would, I think that'd be fun to do with your friends. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to get back into drinking again. That's a no. We but, do have a game. If you hear Fireball by Pitbull, you have to take a shot of Fireball. No. So my buddy, you know, he'll send a pig. Man, just stopping by, have a drink. I will look and see where he's at. I'll and check play it. in. Get the and fuck I will out play of here. It. You don't have to be there. Mm-mm. <laughs> so I've been I've been in Key West and my phone. You know how you're talking. You're not you know right. you're not paying attention what's playing. My phone starts vibrating. Do it, and I'm like, what? He's like, listen, and it's fireball playing. No so, way. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I guess it'll get you. I, that will get you. Um, artists that you'd love to go out and play with, like go on the road with. Um, I love Dirks Bentley. I love his music. I, I think you'd be a good fit with him out on the road. Uh, you know he. Um, I've got to know him a little bit. He was he called me when I made my Opry debut. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually doing a show with him. Uh it's not announced, but doing a pretty big show. Good. Uh it's he's he's announced, but I'm not announced on it yet. Uh I think he'd be great. Um He's gonna be great, um, is what you want to say there. Yeah. yeah. Um I would say you know, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be in front of Luke Combs or Morgan Wallen's fans because they're so right. loyal and, and diehard. I think anybody is nice enough to let you play to their fans because that's 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 an honor. Like, hey, I'm letting you open up for me. These yeah. are my people. You get a chance to make them yours. Uh, so I would say those two guys would be would would be big to to uh, to be able to play in front of. I love the tour stuff that Morgan's out on, where he brings Ernest and Hardy, and yeah, like that's freaking badass, man. It's I don't cool to, yeah. I don't know Ernest, never met him, but I love his music and. Uh, I believe that those two guys have been friends for quite a while, so I think that's what 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 the name of the game is. Yeah, is just hang out with your with your peeps. See, I, per se. I hang out with you know guys that I I don't I have a lot of friends in music, but my like buddy buddies are you know they're not in music at all. So Ain't nothing we, wrong with you're yeah, still so, human. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I can't you know. I can't go out and tour with them. They need to. Right. They need to have hit records. Is what they need to do. Dude, they need to get their shit <laughs> yeah, together. Well, Dude, if you're not doing music, what's your favorite thing to do? Oh. Let's see. I love I love to fish. Uh, I like to bass fish. I love summertime. I'm on. If I'm home, I'm on my boat. I yeah. Have, um, just fishing. No, I'll I'll go out and just anchor down, drink, <laughs> look at, look <laughs> look at bikinis. Right. <laughs> yep. Sure, the wife loves that. Yeah, she knows. She knows. I'm like, baby, I'll I'll pick out the bikini, like, babe. And if I miss one, she'll go. Hey, you see that one over there? That's pretty she's funny. A good, she's a good girl. <laughs> I just, I just sold my boat during COVID. You know it was funny. What? I That's did. That's the time you need it. Well, yes and no. So, my first boat I bought was uh, a Tahoe, and I just wanted to see if we would go to the lake. And we went every weekend, had yeah. a blast, and I bought one of those little things that you put on the side of your boat to give you a little surf wake. Yeah. And I mean, it was joke, whatever. Um, could never let go of the rope, but I got the bug. And then uh, Montgomery Gentry was here, and. Um, uh, was it Troy Gentry was talking about how he surfed all the time and loved it. And um, about that same time, I went and bought a Malibu. Um, and oh my That'll God. Throw some wake. Throw some wake. So I had it for about three and a half years, and we would surf probably, I don't know, 30 times a summer. Like we went a lot. Like 
I didn't give a shit. I'd go on Tuesday yeah. if I got done with work early. I'd be like, load it up. We're going. And we would just go out for like four or five hours, have fun, whatever. But someone was telling me that they were selling boats for ungodly amounts of money. Well, I wanted a bigger boat, not because I wanted to invite more people, but I wanted a bigger wake. And um, so some guy pretty much offered me what I paid for it three and a half years prior, so I couldn't say no. Yeah. And then the water here just went down. So there's only one place to launch here in Vegas now where there used to be six. Really? Yeah, the water is down that low. Dang. So I got really lucky. The guy that bought my boat lives in northern Nevada, so I didn't feel bad at all. Wasn't you know, But I'd love to have another one someday because that it is peaceful. Yeah, it, no, it, it is. And you can control the stereo, and no one can fuck with you. I, and I like. <laughs> I feel like if we get mixes or whatever, my, my producer is... I tell him, I'm like, man, you got to get out of. He's like, stays in a room like this all the all the time, right? And I'm like, man, you got to get out. So I'll be like, hey, we're gonna go get on the boat. We're gonna listen to these mixes. You need to live a little, you know, not just in front of this computer and this, you know, guitar in your hand. So, uh, yeah, if it passes the, uh, if it can pass a boat test, it, it's done pretty. It's good. It's a win. Yeah. I was talking to Dusty Black. I don't know if you know who that guy is, mm-hmm. but he came out with some song called "Who Are You." But he said he was out on a boat. I forget the two people he was with. One of them was. Um, Red Atkins, and I forgot who the other one was, and Red Atkins and someone else wrote this song. It was very, I want to say, politically driven in some sense. It's pretty much, you can't tell me who I can hang out with. It was all about COVID and everything. Well, Dusty cut it, but he told me he was out on the boat. I'll remember who the other guy was, but uh, they couldn't cut it because it just didn't fit their image, per se, I guess, whatever, and they listened to it on a boat, and Dusty was like, dude, I will cut that in a second. And he did. And it and it it got him going a little yeah. bit, I think. I thought I thought it was pretty cool, but that's a boat story. I feel like it um if it speaks to you and you you have something to say, or this song says it, like, don't be afraid to do it. Yeah. Know? Not everybody's you know, not everybody's gonna love it, but you know, there's right, still do yeah. you. That's exactly. it. Exactly. What's the rest of the year for you, man? You got this album. You're gonna release everything at one time, or are you gonna do one we're of those? Actually, uh, we're dropping songs. Right. So I have a, a next song coming out here in a couple weeks. It's called Marijuana. Uh, Marijuana. Marijuana. Does she? Uh, I think she does. Cool. Uh, shooting the video for it next week. So we're actually getting a lot of stuff in the can uh, for upcoming um, like release and album. I would say probably fall. So you you do these videos? Do you drop them on like CMT, YouTube? Like, what's the? My new ones not came out yet, but man, it, I, it's the first video I've ever done that I felt like catches my personality. Yeah, uh, it's very funny. Uh, it's it's uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited, but I'm not sure how you know Curb kind of handles all that. Who's going to play it? And right. How, yeah, of course you want CMT if when they do play music videos when they're not playing. You know, my redneck wedding or or. I think they do that. School ranch. They do all that shit online now, though. I mean, that's kind of the yeah. Yeah. So it'll be on the on the social medias, right? No. Are you a TikToker? So um, (laughs) they want me to be, uh, but I don't get it at all. I'm terrible at it, and I, I I feel like if I turn on the thing and. I don't feel like I'm coming across. I feel like, hey guys, you check out my boat. You, yeah. I just wrote this song today. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's hard for me to feel like uh, legit on there. But so, that, but we film some content. They they get on to me uh, to to TikTok, and I tell you what, I was I was a little annoyed one day about the whole social media thing. Uh, how how much it's driving country music right now. Um, cause I came from the school of you get a band, you go play clubs and put out posters and, right. and, uh, sell your CDs out of your trunk. Not you, <laughs> you know, you, and it's, it's 
awesome. I'm not bitter at all, but you got people that are just sitting at home and going from that to, you know, out. it's crazy. Like, it's, it's a crazy game. Uh, you know, I would love it to happen to me, you know, to you, you'd love to go viral or whatever. Um, but I was driving, and it was a cold day in Nashville, and I was going to curb to shoot some TikTok stuff. And I was a little annoyed about it, and I passed a guy almost like digging a hole. Like, it's cold. He looked probably like 60 years old. And I'm like, I'm upset about having to go do TikToks, you know. And, and this guy's out here digging a hole. This guy's out here in this cold, you know, working working with his hands. And I was like, I have nothing to complain about. I rolled in there, and I was like, let's TikTok. Let's do this. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird deal. But, I mean, that's – you got to – we can reach as many people as we want to reach here, and you got to take advantage of that. I just – So it's just another outlet, right? Yeah. I, I'm I'm confused by it. I got a TikTok probably five years ago, about that, four years ago. Um, named myself Toad Talk, and my goal of it was um, just to film the backside of what of what happens here at Stoney's and with artists when they show up and you know and they do their sound mm-hmm. checks. I just don't have the time. There's people that are great at it. Yeah. There's oh, people absolutely. In music and I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I, you know. They can talk to that phone like it's a person right in front of you. You know, you sure. feel like they're talking to you, and I, I just I, that's not clicked with me. And maybe I need to do it more. But uh, I think it's one of those things. That, I mean, I don't spend any time on TikTok. Yeah. None. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. But then you start watching the reels, and you get a little bit creative with stuff yeah. in there. And they, I'll be truthful with you, they give you every single every single tool you need. It's not hard exactly. anymore. So yeah. you could like today, it's pizza. It's, it's on us. It's Pizza Friday here. Right, so I do three boomerangs and a picture of the top of the box, put it into my app, and guess what I got? I have a reel. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I the algorithm changes, and then my stories get more views, and that's just how you grow with it. Exactly. I, I mean, it's 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 time consuming as shit. I don't understand an influencer. I don't understand how those people get paid to have people watch their shit. It just freaks me out. I mean, uh, to me, it's it's advertising, and I guess they're selling themselves. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, it's kind of like they're getting paid big money to do it too. I mean, it's I, like I'm definitely not sipping the haterade on it. I'm just wish I was better at it. Right. I, guess. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that you just you you spend your time and watch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't say watch and learn, but that's literally. I mean, you have a gift. Clearly, you know. I mean, utilize your gift. Yeah. And just share that. I think it's neat that you guys. You don't have to leave your house, and you can find out someone if your song's gonna relate to anybody. You can sit there and and reach anybody you don't know who's going to be scrolling through there sure. and um you know it's 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 definitely a cool thing i mean just like uh imagine i mean if you're playing clubs it might take you five years to to pack to figure out how to pack a club you can right you can grab twenty thousand people off you can you know, but hit them but in it the... is weird like when you it's weird like you'll look at somebody's numbers and mine are usually pretty much consistent throughout all the apps but you have Big jump over here and nothing over here, and it's it's just such you know. And they want numbers, and then you're like, they're like, you need to have a story, a streaming story, this, and then there's a guy with a number one that didn't have none of that. It there's no formula, you right. know what I mean? Like it's such a. Uh, I always just anybody that ever asks me for any advice in music, I'm like, just keep doing it because when you have those wins, you know the wins that come along. Um, that it makes it all worth it, you know what I mean? You you'll get like on top of a hill, and you're like, oh man, that was a good day. And then you might be down in the valley for a couple more weeks. The the good times outweigh 
outweigh the bad anytime. Absolutely. I mean, that high that you get being on a stage and just watching people listen to your oh, music has got to be cool. I could, I could probably do away with all all the rest of it. The writing, uh, the recording. Yeah, but the live show is my favorite part. I love it. Yeah. I was going to ask you that, like what you put those in order. But I think I, I like to say that I've had those moments where I've been on the stage here and I'll introduce you. But before I do that, I like to give stuff away. Like, we got some cool stuff. We're giving away Jelly Roll tickets tonight. We're giving away Riley Green tickets. We're giving away tickets to Country Fan Fest with Cody Johnson and Park McComb and Hardy. And, like, I'll stand up there sometimes, and when the crowd screams at me and they want their shit, sometimes I, like, have to take a step back because I'm like, man, this is a drug for you guys. I'm yeah. giving away shit. There's no talent there. You guys are writing your music, and you get these people going bananas. I understand. I totally understand. Yeah, it. it's... Uh... I don't know. It's it's. I've never I've never done any hard drugs, but I would say, you know, if it's if it's a high or whatever it is, it's it's un, especially like I you know love classic country music. I if or if you're playing a song that just means a lot to you, you know, sure. I will get to thinking about my dad, or I'll get thinking about you know a friend or something that's happened in life, and 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 it will. Uh, that's when it's like, man, this. You know, how powerful music is. It's nuts. I went to the House of Blues probably 20 years ago. Bayside was playing a couple other bands, and one of the other bands that was playing, the singer came out. There's, I don't know, probably 2,000 people downstairs and upstairs, and I'm just standing there and didn't really know the band that was on, and uh, they were playing, and the singer started singing, and he stopped. band kept going. The crowd, word for word, play the next song didn't sing and he's just up there with his microphone just like soaking it up and i'm like jesus christ yeah. like this was probably one of the coolest things i've ever seen because the fans did it for him mm -hmm. and he just kind of like stood there and soaked it up and no, it makes you feel good man i that finally started happening for me um last year um i was playing a show in a place that i get played a lot on the radio um and they started singing and i was i was almost like looking around at my band going you hear this like am I hearing this? <laughs> we're on the same page right like, yeah like that did you hear what they're doing right now like and it wasn't uh, a cover and uh, no no it's my song and, that's, that's uh, what i'm saying but you you felt it before yeah, with a cover but then you get your exactly, own shit like, so. yeah you can get anybody singing fishing in the dark uh, yeah. but it was uh it was almost like you know country singers get a bad uh rep for saying y'all sing it because it feels so good to yeah. hear people sing it you know, um, yeah, that was that was special. I was I was wishing I had every angle of that, you know, being videoed and uh, right. It, it was that that's that's a high on high. It's, it's, it's a good one. I can, like I said, I can only imagine and I understand why why musicians singers specifically chase that because yeah. that feeling. Here I am, literally giving away tickets and. There's like I shit you not. There's times I've walked away and I could feel my heart racing and pounding because it was so loud. And uh, Kevin was just in town from Country Rebel and it was his birthday and I brought him up on stage and had a tequila company here and they were pouring tequila in his mouth and I handed him the tickets for him to give away and he was like, bro, I can't even hear myself up here. It is so loud and I'm just like, yeah. Like people like free shit, obviously, but yeah. I go back to that whole thing where I, I just. If someone is chasing their dream and they're a musician like you are, and they get just that taste, it's got to just be that I got to oh, keep man. doing this. I got to keep doing it's, this. It's cool when I've played shows. Um, you know, my 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 fan base has grown a lot in in racing, right? 
So I can go to a racetrack and headline a show, and they know my music, they're singing. And I've had, I mean, I've I've been at shows like that, and I feel like I could, almost like, I feel like these people would, would rip down the stage if, 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 if I told them to, you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, it, you own them. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was. It's a good feeling, and and but you need them. Um, it's not taken for granted. It's like it's it's a cool like I don't know. It's like you're you know you're you're married there for a little bit. You know, with this crowd, it's like when when it's rocking. It's is you know, it's it's special. It's it's I can't describe it. Now I've got. I think I've called. You know, you call somebody up that's never been in front of a crowd like that, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't." believe this like right uh that's that's fun to do every now and then you see somebody stand over the side come, come out well, here and get some of this i'm gonna let you in on a little secret tonight so um the guys from brendan gone's whiskey city light shine are coming in tonight this guy casey he's got the worst anxiety ever ever so i'm gonna go to the other side of this my buddy greg i've known since i was 13 he prints all my stuff for me he's anxiety like real bad so his wife likes to come here every year for th for uh halloween and they take that area up on stage to the shoot and they dress up like crazy well i do this deal with him where i say here's the deal either you come up on stage with me which he fucking hates it is so out of his element i said either you come up on stage and help me judge this thing or you're paying for everything up in the shoot period end of story and he's up to like two three grand every time he comes so he comes out Dang. It's rough on him. So Brendan was just telling me that Casey it has the worst anxiety ever. So he, I was like, dude, I want to fuck with him like that. And he goes, how about I get you tickets to the races? I'll have Casey bring him. I said, I will bring him up on stage and make him give him away. He's like, dude, you have to fucking videotape that because Casey is, he's the neatest dude in the world. He's got one of those crazy well, you know, mustaches. Brennan, he's, not, he's not shy at all. Who? Brennan gone. Oh, no, no, no. Brendan's not. No, no. Yeah, he, this guy, he is personality. He is. But this is where we're going to have fun uh, because Casey's going to be the guy that at the last minute, I'm like, hey, bro, bring those up here. I totally forgot about it. Bring them up. And I'm going to drag his ass on stage. I'm going to have everybody say hi to Casey. And I'm going to have him hand those tickets out for tomorrow. And I'm going to have Heather videotape the whole thing so I can give it to Brendan. And Brendan's going to be like, because this is our deal is that. You give me the tickets, I'll make sure someone fucking videotapes this thing because awesome. it's gonna, and I'm gonna make Casey be the, the dude. Hell so yeah. it's gonna, I'm gonna have so much fun because you're right. When you bring people up there that haven't experienced it before, it's a, a little bit different, man. Yeah, it and, is. And the, you are the highlight. Like they might look at the drummer and the bass player, but at the end of the day, you're, you're 80, yeah. 80% of the focus, man. It's funny. I, one of my funniest stories, kind of like that with the crowd getting wild, I was in Watkins Glen, New York. And that man, they party up there. It's 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 pretty wild. I mean, I mean that's Woodstock country up there. Hell yeah, it is. Um, I was playing this girl. These two girls are on these guys' shoulders, and they're topless, and they're like, you know, put on a show within the show. And uh, my road manager. At Hold on, you got video or it didn't happen? Let's oh see. yeah, I got video. Okay, cool. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, at the time, my road manager like. You know, there's a solo. He calls me. He goes, the cops are over here, and they want you to make an announcement that people have to keep their clothes on. Okay. And uh, I go, I ain't doing that. That would be the most un-American thing I could ever do. Uh, I said, tell him he can do it. And I looked at the cop, and I go, come on. He goes, I ain't doing it. I was like, well, I guess we're partying. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, yes. Uh, so it was, uh, it was pretty funny. You got to find that happy medium, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just turn your back, These guys copper. had a... Um, a mannequin 
a female mannequin and it was cut into a beer bong so you pour it in the top and you have to drink oh uh, no yeah it was it was pretty they do know how to fight uh, it was pretty nuts dude you couldn't bring that to too many places people get offended yeah, this day yeah, and age yeah. man uh, nobody was if I think everybody's having fun. <laughs> yeah, at that place, yeah. they sure as hell would. I mean, you, I think you bring that stuff to Vegas, it might last a little while, but some would yeah. get offended. Yeah, I mean, that, it was one of those, I saw it, there's no way I would have pulled it up on stage and, right. and drank out of you it. Wouldn't but, have, you, wouldn't have, but, you wouldn't have done a shot? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, th- yeah, that's that's definitely how you get, get in trouble there. But I was... <laughs> but honey, like, it was a mannequin. <laughs> what it also is like, you know, you can't let the crowd, like, you can't. Uh, sometimes, if they're do, doing real rowdy stuff, you almost have to ignore it. Right. You can't engage with it because that's gonna make it worse. Fair uh, enough. So if I'd have told, um, if I'd have told those girls to put their tops on, it, the place would have probably been really upset. So let them go at it. So they just let it. They didn't do anything. Yeah, boobs and beer. Why not? Dude, another T-shirt. America. America. Finish it <laughs> boobs out. Boobs and beer. Tell people how to find you online. Tim underscore Duggar on um, the social medias, um, Twitter and Instagram and, uh, yeah, Facebook. TimDuggar.com will send you to to all that stuff. And, um, yeah, got a lot of, lot of music coming, a lot of cool shows. I got a whole tour um, that we're going to be announcing pretty soon uh, with some, some really cool dates. And I uh, got a lot of stuff going on. I'm uh, excited about the year. You coming back out west? You know we we do have uh, have some stuff out west. Not here. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully tonight after we. I'm in a. I know a guy. I, t- I told the guys uh, this morning. I'm in a. I'm in a ass kicking mood. We're gonna we're gonna rock this place. So. I I don't doubt uh, it. I don't I'm ready. I don't doubt. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks yeah. again for the yeah, time. Yeah, man. Thank you.